Just remember, there's a special place in hell for women who don't help each other. In the culture war, there are no winners, just podcasters. Only a few are willing to risk their lives in the face of some of the dumbest ideas to have ever captured human civilization. Every week, we, Megan Daum and Sarah Hader, humbly accept this mission in order to bring you conversations that are equal parts stunning, brave, and unhinged. Welcome to a special place in hell. Hello, Sarah. Hi, Megan. Um, how are you? I am just back from New York. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, where, uh, I'd like to report that there are signs in the windows of, of bodegas and delis saying no masks allowed. No COVID masks. Why not? Because so many people are robbing the stores, holding them up, wearing COVID masks and, uh, are oh, escaping, yeah. mm. uh, being identified on camera because they're behind the masks. Can you believe it? I can. There yeah. was, um, I don't know if you remember, there was like a controversy about this uh, many years ago about women in hijabs, like with the full like burqa oh. on. And well, it wasn't women. It was men <laughs> who, who would put them on and go and rob places. And it wasn't I think it was just like it happened once or twice in like the Western world. But it can be a little bit more of an issue in the Muslim world because there's just so many more people who are covering. And so it's yeah. not really a thing. And yeah, and sometimes men put it on. And I, I remember there was like even there've been cases of like, um, I mean, in Pakistan, there was like something there was kind of a, like a siege um, in in like a mosque. I don't remember exactly what happened, uh, but it was related to some ex like fundamentalist kind of religious groups. And in the end, they tried to uh, escape by covering up in a in a in a burqa and like sneaking out it was uh, kind of an oh my god thing. yeah i mean it, but so it happens so it's like it's a problem actually you know what i wanted to ask you something i so um for several months during the pandemic i was down in virginia like very rural part of it like the southwest corner of virginia and um i would remember going into the the supermarket into the food into the food lion and a couple times I saw this guy who was like a, like a farmer, like probably in his sixties, like literally like out of central casting, like overalls, pot belly, like beard, the whole thing. And mm -hmm. he had with him a woman who was like in full niqab, right? Like only eyes niqab. showing. <laughs> is that what that's called? Ni niqab, 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 yeah. niqab, 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 niqab is, like the, is what it's the French, French. it's yes. <laughs> That's when they're out of the quad <laughs> at the Costco. I get into quab. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so she was like fully covered Muslim woman, I guess, with this like farmer John. Seriously. Wow. What would that it have happens. been? But yeah, like, I, I, what? I can see that happen. Yeah. It's like there's some, there's some odd, um, uh, couplings happening, um, in terms of that. But that's interesting. So he was a white guy. Yes. For sure. Like, okay. Oh, 100%. Was he, was he a redhead? Was he a redhead? <laughs> no. Why? Is there's that a, a thing? Whole, yeah, there's a whole, like, you, you don't know about the ginger jihadis thing. Have you heard of this? No. So there's a a trend. I mean, of course, we don't, I don't have the numbers, right? We don't have the numbers. I don't know what the numbers are. But <laughs> well, then it's not it just seemed as if um, when, you know, ISIS was all the rage, that there were quite a bit of 
gingers, like redheads, who would convert to Islam and become like super Salafi and super, like super intense about religion and yeah, become, become very sympathetic to terrorism, if not outright terror. Uh, and you know, they would, uh, they would travel to Syria. It was, there's this whole what? like trend. Yeah. Like, it was in a trend. The people kept redheads in, in the West, the U S and in the West. Cause people kept noticing that out of the converts, there was a good, you know, there's a good bit of converts, um, converted to Islam and then, uh, you know, went to fight for ISIS. And it, it just felt as if there were a good bit of them that were, that were gingers. And then there, it became kind of a meme, the ginger jihadi meme. I'm, I can't believe you haven't, you haven't no. heard of this. Yeah. Something, something's up. So Something, there, there's a connection. Do, is there, there. there any psychology? Like, do gingers feel persecuted? And so maybe, this is a natural ne- uh, next step. Maybe it's genetic. Maybe it's, um, yeah, maybe there's something else going on. We, we need some kind of ginger race science, you know, to, to tackle this issue and figure it out. Because we do know that there are as many uh, trans people as there are redheads. You know that, right? Is that, that true? Was, uh, yeah, no, no, it is not true. Oh my god! But it <laughs> came up. But that was one of the things that came up with I think Anne Fausto Sterling, who is uh, one of the uh. top researchers. Yeah, this this was the kind of uh, statistic that was floating around, along with like there are as many left-handed people um, as there are. Intersex something. or something, right? Yes. Yes. Inter- yes. In- yeah, intersex, I think. But like, w- anyway, we-, we don't have to get into that. But um, hmm, poor redheads. That's fascinating. Poor redheads. Yeah. Poor everybody else that has to deal with the radicalized redheads. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is a perfect segue, actually. Yeah. yeah uh, because is, actually. we're, we're going to be talking about um, the redhead du jour. Um, Oliver Anthony, uh, who has a insane, is that his name? Anthony Oliver? Sorry. So is Oliver Anthony Anthony. his last name? Well, Anthony actually, none name? of the, he has a different name, but his stage name is Oliver Anthony. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. Well, so just so folks know, we're going to be talking a little bit about um, uh, rich men north of Richmond, this insane viral hit uh, that came out of nowhere from this guy, Oliver Anthony. And then we're going to be talking about hate crimes especially this uh, thing that happened uh, in Lake Arrowhead, California last week. Um, and then we'll do some bonus. So th- that's what's on the docket here. But but yeah, so okay. So have you heard this song, Rich Men North of Richmond? No, until you told me that this is what we're going to be talking about today. I had never heard of it before. Yeah, we're not going to be. Yeah. By the way, th- there was apparently a debate last night. The Republicans. Yes. But uh, yes. who cares about that? Because we're going to be talking about. Do they matter? Heads. I don't think they matter. Not yet. Apparently. Have, you know, yeah. Yeah. I mean. I know who, who everyone thinks won, but that's on only on my corner of Twitter. So it's kind of meaningless. I saw okay. two. I saw two different people announced as the winner. Really? Yeah. Who? Uh, who I, Nikki Haley, I saw from somebody. Uh-huh. And then um, who was it? Who was? Uh, I don't know. Maybe Pence? No, what? No one. People no one thought crazy. He won. Some, some rando did. Uh, yeah. Really? Anyway. I, I, I thought Vivek Ramaswamy, Ra- Ramaswamy. Won. Yeah, that's okay. what I. That's what I. Oh yeah, either heard. Vivek or Nikki. So two, two uh, Indians. Two Indian, of Indian Americans. Like, what else is new? excelling at everything? I you know. know it's really not um, fair. They should be, um, they should be like uh, 
anti-affirmative action out of the debates because they're all i mean they're already being people are just trying to get them out of everything but it would be incredible if we had an indian president i think it's like it's possible it it could happen you do? yeah not this time around but i think it could happen um it's happening it's happened in, in the uk prime minister is an indian guy you think that's more likely than like an asian like andrew yang like a like a chinese american or yeah Japanese i think so in east I think asia so. okay yeah i think so for the same reasons that they're they're you know at the top of the corporate ladders everywhere you know all the multinational corporations all mm-hmm. of them right exaggerating yeah. but many many of like the big big companies are being headed by indian ceos it's very interesting right. so there's something um, there there's something magical going on yeah something in the in the waters um but yeah i I, I think he's very... What do you think about Vivek? Do you know anything about him? I mean, I, I, I keep hearing mixed reports. I, I find him a little bit too... Uh, too it, it's just too easy. Like, his, what do you mean? It's a little easy. simplistic. Like, cause it's a little just... Uh, it's a little slick. As opposed to I don't what know. in the Republican... You know, know what I mean? Like, I, liked the Will, I liked this Will Hurd guy. Who? That nobody's ever heard of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, actually, Barry Weiss interviewed this um, very little-known Republican candidate named Will Hurd. I believe it's H-U-R-D. He's former CIA. Uh, he has a really interesting background. He grew up um, pretty... Wait, deep state. Why do we want this guy in, in power? I know. Well, you might as well just own it. No, he's, he's really interesting. And uh, he's got like point. Zero one percent of the vote, um, but mm-hmm. that was before he was on Barry's podcast, so he's probably, you know, at thirty percent now at least. Mm. Um, anyway, he's not going to win this time around, mm-hmm. but he's mm-hmm. an interesting guy. It takes a long time for Republicans; they got to run like ten times before they become like viable yeah. for that. Yeah, and I mean, he's he's mixed race, I should say. Will hurt. He's oh. half. He's half. Um, he's half white. Half white and he's half, half white. He's half black. Okay, half Sorry. black. How can they like, never say that? How can they never what? say, oh, he's mixed race. He's half white. Mm. His name is Will Hurd. So I presume I can just presume. I mean, we're in America. Majority. I think anywhere else I would say half white. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, but then, but, but here it's half what else? I know. The other half. I know. Although he's from Texas. So, uh, he might well, that's a point in his Latino favor. I know exactly, exactly. No, he won a yeah, huge sure. uh, percentage of the Latino vote down there, even though he's a Republican. Cool. Anyway, we're not talking about that. We're going to okay. talk about um, <laughs> that's the thing we're not talking about. Okay, yeah, um, we're going to talk about what everyone's talking about, which is um, Oliver Anthony. So, as far as we know, this is this guy. He's uh, very much a ginger. He's in rural Virginia. <laughs> very much. Very much so. Um, he has a bushy ginger beard. Um, good looking guy, actually. Uh, we think he's, uh, he's, um, and it seems to be in his early thirties, maybe 30 or so. He is living on, uh, a farm in Farmville, Virginia, which is a real no place. Way. That's a real place. It does look like it is south of Richmond. Um, and he's, uh, he has worked in, uh, you know, factory jobs in the past. He's, um, he had, was injured on the job and he has this, you know, kind of difficult backstory with that. He's, um, had substance abuse issues, but, um, has been recording music. He plays the guitar and he sings and he's been sort of making, you know, TikTok videos and such and, um, good, good musician and good singer and very char- charismatic person. 
Uh, and so one of his songs that he released a couple of weeks ago just went, um, berserk. Uh, it was, it's called Rich, Rich Men North of Richmond. Um, that, re- that would be a reference to guys in Washington, uh, DC, um, you know, inside the Beltway. It's not, not literally just, uh, North of Richmond. And, um, it's um it's a pretty like it's actually quite catchy. I mean, he talks about working for working jobs for bullshit pay and mm. um just how how difficult it is and um it it, it gets to um it, it basically it's it's become controversial because like in a lot of ways it, it's just kind of um it's it's an everyman kind of song. Like it has been embraced by people, you know, across various cultures there's a there's videos of like all kinds of people black white old young otherwise listening along and nodding along like they really relate to it um but there are a couple of um lines (laughs) that stick out and um uh maybe we'll just play a, a brief clip uh so people can can hear those i wish politicians look out for miners not just miners on an island somewhere Lord, we got folks in the street Ain't got nothing to heat And the obese milk and welfare well, God, if you're five foot three And you're 300 pounds Taxes ought not to pay For your bags of fudge rounds Young men are putting themselves Six feet in the ground Cause all this damn country does Is keep on kicking them down well, God, if you're five foot three and you're 300 pounds, taxes ought not to pay for your bags of fudge rounds. So what what's five foot three got to do with it? Well, because it, it's like you're like super fat if you're. That, I know. See, are you saying are you the, five three? Are, are you t- are you microaggression against you? I am five okay. three. And it's yeah, this is offensive. I don't know why well, I'm being targeted. He didn't say if you're five foot three and a Daisy podcaster. Yeah, well, I that mean, will be next. Um, do you know what a fudge round is? No. Okay. I actually looked it up. And of course, there's already memes. I typed in fudge rounds and a million things came up. Uh, it's a little Debbie snack. Uh, I knew, that's what actually I thought. Looks I figured good. it'd be like a Twinkie thing. I don't. It looks really good. Uh, it, it made me, it made me want one. Um, yeah. So, uh, if, if you're five foot three, you're 300 pounds, taxes ought not to pay for your bags of fudge rounds. Young men are putting themselves six feet in the ground because all this damn country does is keep on kicking them down. Mm. Um, so what's happened is that the Republicans are embracing this as, um, you know, a sort of anthem, uh, for o- owning the libs and such. Uh, and the, the Democrats, the liberals are saying that this is full of dog whistles and that it's possibly, it's possible that this guy is actually an industry plant. Um, mm. who's got like a secret team of, of, of backers behind him. I mean, so anyway, the upshot is that, um, this went to number one on the billboard chart, which is really significant because basically in order to do that, people have to pay to download your song, which nobody does anymore at all. So, mm. um, I don't have the, the numbers are changing all the time. Uh, and I'm not somebody who follows the, the music industry, but this is a very, very, very big deal. Like just massive fluke freak hit. Um, and the reason they're paying for it, of course, is because they want to make a point. Like, I think apparently this happens. There are sort of super fans, 
um, in K-pop, for instance, and I think like a lot of the Taylor Swift fans, um, that like they're so, they're such, um, champions of, of the music that they will actually just pay for it, even though they don't have to. Because they want to see they want- them rise to the yes. top. That's the point. The point yeah. is, I, I want to, s- uh, I want a message. You know, I want to, I want to make a message. My voice, my vote, my 99 yeah. cents are going to get heard here. And that's what people should do for us. So I'm, I'm I don't know why. No, I mean, maybe they just don't want us to, they just don't want us to win. They don't want us to be at the top. Feels no. like. Uh, I'm taking it no, personally. but I mean, I'm probably because I'm five foot three. I'm going to start talking about fudge rounds though. Okay. Um, we should, we could be, um, yeah, I think, look, here's the thing. We could sell out more. We haven't. Oh, for sure. We could, there's a, there's a ways to go. And I think that, uh, the field is open, really. I mean, who are we competing with? Nobody. There's that big redhead who keeps showing up on Twitter. I don't mean big as in, like, fat. Who's that? I mean, like, you know, you know what I'm talking about? That one very tall woman, like, she's like an athlete or something. Pearl. Pearl. Pearl something. Pearly things. Oh, pearly things. Yeah. I don't know what she looks like. Oh, you don't? She's huge. Um, she's... Uh, oh, like actually, no, I have seen her. You, she's a redhead? She's, she is also a redhead, speaking of radicalized redheads, but okay. she is, yeah, she, she has this, this YouTube channel and she shows up on my, my feed, um, without my consent. It's this for you, the for you uh, feed, but she just, she just pops up there and says all kinds of noxious things from time to time. I think we discussed one of her, the dramas that ensued because of something she said once, but, yeah. uh, in any case, yeah. So we could we could be like her. We could be like her since Oliver Anthony, all the redheads are in on it. Yeah, we should join them. They know something we don't. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I I have to say I think it's a good song, and um. I, I really don't know what to make of this whole phenomenon. I mean, he he apparently turned down um an eight million dollar recording deal, uh industry hmm. offer. Um, and he has since recorded some videos where he kind of explains who he is and describes himself. And I have to say, it's like a little, they still seemed a little bit canned. I mean, you know, the idea he lives on this farm and, um, you know, but he's barely hanging on and we see him like in his, what looks like his like beat up laundry room or he's saying he's living under a tarp i I don't know like he's you know one of these guys he bought some land and he's trying to he's living on in some kind of structure on the land you know which is not unusual and he's got a couple of dogs uh very sweet dogs that appear in the in the video he's he's playing outside you can hear like the cicadas in the background or whatever i mean he's it's a very appealing package um, and he has made a point of saying that it's not, um, it's not political. He's really just, um, you know, complaining about, about the man. Um, and other than the, uh, the, the fat, uh, the, the 300 pound fudge round line, um, and also a line about, um, weirdly, <laughs> he also says, uh, I wish politicians would look out for miners, meaning coal miners. And not just minors on an island somewhere. Mm. So that's like a reference to Jeffrey Epstein. And that's kind of. Is it really? Well, yeah. Yeah. Are you sure? Well, Epstein yeah, or? that's. No, no. Yeah. No, I mean, that's what people are saying. What else would it be? Minors on an island somewhere, like children on an island. Oh, so he's he's saying that not that they care about those island children, but that they're like being 
pedos. Is that- I don't, yes. So, because the whole child trafficking thing is an obsession of QAnon and uh, of certain corners of the, of the right. So, um, that was a kind of, it that, could have been like trafficked children, though. It could have been like it could have been, uh, you know. Uh, well, right. Um, refugees, like young. Like, you know, <laughs> you should have set I, aside I, mean, I, 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 I didn't immediately think he was referring to Epstein Island. Oh, everybody's. It, I mean, he probably. Just, yeah, but I mean, when you when you uh, consider that Sound of Freedom. Was is like a huge film this summer. One of the biggest oh, okay. indie films of all time. Right. I mean, that's I the. Um, I don't think you do. I, I haven't. It's the um, Tim Tim Ballard. Um, this this film about uh, child sex trafficking, which is it was being advertised to me. It seemed very earnest. It, well, apparently, it's just filled with inaccuracies. It's this kind of oh, okay. hysteria. Um, but that's been, you know, making the rounds in certain, certain corners. So, yeah, but it's very interesting. I mean, so this guy really contains multitudes. Like, um, there are things that I think he would have a lot in common with, like with your average Bernie voter. Um, mm-hmm. and at the same time, he's, uh, like thinking a lot about, about human trafficking. And I don't know. Maybe he thinks mm. that Hillary Clinton drinks the blood of, so do you children? think this guy is real? Do you think he's a, I don't know. Or, or is he a plant? I don't he just know. came out of nowhere and he's a hit overnight. I yeah. I mean, I he he may be a little too good to be true. I hope he is real. I hope. Maybe he is. Um but we shall see. I it's just it's just very interesting the way these songs get co-opted by certain groups. I mean, we saw we, we've seen this before. Um it, it reminds me of uh well, for starters, I mean, this is, it's significant that this has come on the heels of that try that in a small town, uh, hit this Jason Aldean country hit from a few weeks ago. Sarah, you got to brush up on your country music. I'm doing all I'm the not, heavy I'm lifting not, here. It's not even the country. You think it's, this comes I don't know what's going on. If, if, if Twitter is the only way that I know what's going on in pop culture. And even that's not like my people are not that into what's you know okay um, well yeah so there was this jason aldean who released this uh single called try that in a small town which was a pretty banal uh song but then with with the video was just all this footage of um rioting and looting in in blue cities and um he's performing in front of the courthouse in, in in georgia where there had you know reportedly not reportedly where there had been a lynching um, mm. back like in the 1920s and people were pointing to that. Now I'd like to know there are many, many locations in the South where there were lynchings. So, uh, who's to say if he picked that f- for that reason? In, in any case, it's one of these things where I think people are, are reading a lot of stuff into something that wasn't there. I mean, Jason Aldean d- apparently doesn't even write his own music, uh, did not write that song. Um, but you know, there's a huge, there's a long history of, um, uh, embracing certain kinds of uh, pop songs for their patriotic messages. Um, and then when you're in fact completely misreading them, I mean, we saw that I, with, yeah. Born in the USA. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, I, I cannot stand political music at all. If it's, it, you know, <laughs> what about like, even if it's protest music, I mean, that would be like a lot. That's like, like a lot of music. Yeah, it's a lot of music. It it includes a lot of music. It has to be it has to be from so long ago that it doesn't feel political to me anymore, you know? Um so Born in the USA doesn't feel 
I mean, it is political. It doesn't feel political because I don't know what I don't know what he's what he's really talking about. Well, he's talking about a returning Vietnam vet. That's what exactly. that song is so, about. The, I mean, you know what I mean? Like the that it feels um just like a human interest song. Um it doesn't have political implications today, I guess. Um but I, I the, the the pop stars that I that suddenly go very political, uh, it feels like to me that they've um it seems like that's a sign of losing their creative touch, you know, like when they suddenly get to be too, uh, t- too involved in politics. It seems to me that that's a, uh, there's something about the creative arts that in order to be uh, very, very piercing and insightful, it has to be separated from the political landscape not entirely distinct from like not as if that they don't have politics or don't feel anything about you know what's going on politically um i'm not asking for apathy but <laughs> a kind of you're but not a kind of distance i think you know what i mean i think like like remember the cringy obama songs that came out i just i, I hated it when and just everybody who was involved like in it i was you don't remember those the will i am song no, see, the, yes, we I, can. Oh, yeah, no, that's stupid. But uh, but are you talking about artists just sort of like taking political stances because they think that's what they have to do, or or like uh, there's actual cr- legitimate artistic expression about a political idea or movement? I mean, th- there's a you know classic masterpieces written about political movements. I mean, you would discount mm. like the most is this most everything. I personally from the 70s. don't love it. I don't really? personally love it. You don't it. like like yeah. Neil Young, like I, I think it. I, well, I think it has, but that that's different for me because I don't experience it in the same way. Okay, because it's so distant. It from doesn't my feel time. like virtue signaling to you the way that something. Yeah, or, or just um, I think because I know a lot about what's going on, and if I disagree, you know, if they're saying something stupid, like obviously stupid, like this thing about the. Epstein Island. You know what I mean? I wish I didn't know that. I wish I didn't know that that was a reference because that makes me think the whole song is stupider than I did five seconds ago. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I just didn't... I, I wish it wasn't even there. I don't need the the very... Uh, maybe there's something wrong with pop stars now where their analysis is extremely um, superficial uh, or just missing the human element of something. Um, you know, I... I I didn't hate this song. I didn't like the song either. I thought it was a little cringy. I don't like the, uh, I, I don't like political infusions into music in this kind of blatant way. Um, it just turns me off and mm-hmm. I can't enjoy the song anymore. Um, but it's okay. I mean, if, if the artist wants to do it as their political expression, that's fine. I don't think this guy is winning a bunch of fans. I think what he's winning is just people who are, who, who like the message itself, you know, not his necessarily his style or his delivery. Oh, I disagree. I think you know he's going mean? to win a bunch. I think he's going to win a lot yeah? of fans. Yeah. You think he's now? Yeah. Now he's, I mean, now in the country it. music world, look, I don't know anything about the country music world, but I can already see that there's like crossover here. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. I, it's interesting because I, I don't, I'm so guilty of not following pop music at all anymore. And I think it's because to me, it doesn't feel like, actual songwriting it feels like a bunch of sample tracks mushed together and Mm. uh, like you know digital enhancements and 
mm-hmm. kinds of beats, you know, mm-hmm. and I know there's all kinds of stuff going on independently. I mean, I do listen to new artists all the time, actually, and there are lots of them, but they're never on the charts like it's never anything well yeah the charts about. are completely useless or like, like it, or, or not, on the tiktok whatever like the tiktok charts are it, the the, people the, do the songs like that. that i or the bands that i know of people listening to you know my age or younger they're not it's it's really not like taylor swift is singular kind of mm-hmm. I, but i think that it's like kind of like MSNBC. You know, there's a certain age group that's really watching MSNBC. And then after that, it kind of just young people are not, that's not where they're going for their politics. And the same is true of like the top 100, top whatever charts. People just don't listen to the radio. Oh, um, no, they don't listen the to the same radio way anymore. But so I, they're not, you know. How would they like find music that they Through like? friends, I think. I think a lot where of do they go? Like Spotify? Do. They have like a playlist and then Spotify feeds yeah, them new things. Then, okay, but those are Spotify charts. Spotify can help. Spotify can help feed you, but it's not, it's not usually charts. Um, Spotify will, like, there's an algorithm that helps that, like, uh, you know, it, it, it has some way of recognizing, um, certain aspects of the song that you're listening to and it will match you with similar songs. So you can start a radio. Remember Pandora yeah. used to do this? Yeah. Um, yeah, but it but it wasn't a charts thing. But doesn't Spotify have a chart have like a top like it does. A top one hundred? Yeah, it does so. have top. It does have top charts. Um, and I'm I'm sure I'm saying some some people definitely listen to it. I just don't think that they have the same kind of pull that they used to. There's like ten artists who do really well on top charts, and then there's just a lot of indie music out yeah. there. There are a lot of smaller artists out there. That's probably, I think, a good thing. Um. Might it's not good. be great for record labels. It's hard for um, well, right? But it's hard. But they're all self-generating, as as are we all. So yeah, yeah, it's it's like the podcast space. It's just like a lot of or Substack space. It's all it's a lot of independent people who are doing really amazing work, actually. Yeah. Um. And when it comes to music, they don't have to be. You know, there's no fact checkers or anything. So long as you're good, you're good. Um. And there's a lot of that being produced, which is you know in a way it's kind of a new era. Like you know, I I I think of the pop like the, the top charts era the the very hot 100 um radio era which is kind of how i grew up actually up mm-hmm. until the internet you know internet radio became a real thing um i thought of it as kind of a, a time where music was awful just absolutely awful yeah. and and i think it actually has gotten better but it's just harder to find yes. you know it's not visible anymore you have to search you have to search for yeah. artists um and they can actually make a living, I think, in a way that they haven't been able to before because it just there are not as many middlemen around. Um, it, and so it's kind of an interesting new landscape in in music as well. And maybe even a really good one. But as a mom with not any time, I can't find any new music. I don't well, know. When your kids are old time. enough, I don't they, have will, time. they will give you the music. That's that's yeah, one sure. reason to have kids is you can keep up on things. Cool. Yeah. All right. So, I look forward okay. to being... Uh, on the, on the right beat but i i yeah i don't know i i don't know how i feel about about all this good for him uh good for the 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 right to have like this new voice that's speaking to their um needs and and uh resentments i guess it, it, i think that that's what i dislike about it is that there's a kind of um and people are going to get mad at me for this but please understand that it's coming from a place of love okay i i'm always with you i'm i'm like 100 percent with 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 these guys over, you know, big liberals or whatever, but the, the <laughs> big liberal, big, li- big liberal. I'm with, I'm with, I'm with this, you know, this kind of person with, um, 
the Oliver Anthony's of the world. But I don't like the attitude of, of, of resentment. There's something about it that takes away from uh, the pain and the, uh, the, the, the soul of it in a way that, that rubs me the wrong way. I mean, I think of like, well, like the way fast car, you know, you're listening to fast car and there's this, like amazing, like incredible depth of of feeling, and you know she's painting an incredible portrait of a kind of life that people don't think about much, uh, and she's imbuing it with you know dignity and tragedy and emotion and all kinds of stuff, and there isn't any sense of like someone did me wrong. It's just more of really well, like, I've been it, working it, a convenience store. You can't get a job. Yeah, but she's not. But she's not saying those rich men of whatever did it. You know what I mean? Like there's no, there's no bad guy. It's a bad situation that she's unhappy with, but I don't remember there, her pointing the finger at anybody oh, interesting. as being the person who didn't pay enough attention to her. And that's why, you know, there's a reason she's in this mess and it's because of the, the, the pedos and whatever. I mean, I'm not saying that that's, I'm not, I'm not trying to say that that was the, the summation of this song. It's just, Something when I when I hear it, I don't like it, and I see that a lot in just a, a right wing circles. I see there's a lot of you know you don't take us seriously, you didn't take Trump yeah, seriously, you didn't listen to shoulder. us, and yeah. now yeah yeah, it's almost it like it's very... in, it's injected. Like the song is like eighty percent fine, and then it's almost like this little infusion of truther stuff and like it just kind of leaks out from yeah the like you 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 landscape. are doing this awful thing right. to us and and on on the one hand politically i understand why they feel disenfranchised and you kind of hear the same thing in like hip-hop from especially mm-hmm. like from a little while ago now hip-hop is kind of strange but like the landscape is really weirdly politicized but but you know uh like even old Kanye West music, right? Like you could, you, you, there's a lot of, um, politics in there. He's naming names. He's this person did this to our community and this person did that to our community. And then the crack epidemic was what, like, uh, you know, spawned by, by outsiders who hate us kind of thing. Like there, those kinds of, uh, almost, conspiracy or sometimes like yeah, so why do they get away with conspiracy. that okay yeah your, your, I, I, your white man does the I, same I think, thing and he gets no sympathy. I, I don't like it in in either direction i don't think i i i respond well to it um and i don't know i don't know why maybe that's a little bit unfair for me to not respond well to it but i don't i don't like it in either direction you know what's it, it's just I, that i'm used to hearing it from yeah from yeah, the hip hop artist. It's uh, you know we should get off of this, but I I do I, I am thinking about how like you know in the past country music has always been very much like we we're broke and we don't have anything, but we're still happy. But we have love. Yeah, like we're yeah, still we better than you city people. And um, it, you know, I, it's it's sort of it was anti aspirational. Um, so like I remember when I first moved to. I, I, when I moved to Nebraska when I was 30 and I had never really listened to country music before. And I was like noticing that it was really celebrating um, humbleness and almost like lack of ambition, not almost lack of ambition um, in a way that was very 
contrary to the rest of the culture. Like everyone else was a striver and this is, you know, we're, we're going to talk about how, how down and out we are, but we still have love kind of thing. And so now mm-hmm. I th- we've kept the down and out part, but the love part has gone away. Anyway, this right, people are going to, yeah. I'm not an expert on this. I'm just kind of, yeah, I'm not an expert. Either, so people are going to get really mad about, yeah. ma- but I, I, I do notice it and it just puts me off. Um, uh, a, a lot, the right wing culture space. There's, there's just a little bit, there's that, you know, little pinch of resentment. And I think what I gravitate towards is a sense of like, uh, it's that old American sense of we're just going to, yes, we've been downtrodden, but we're going to pick ourselves up. Although it is different. I mean, I have to, uh, uh, yeah, but I mean, it's, it's, I think that the conditions for people in that situation now are markedly worse than they were 20 20 years ago. I mean, I I thought it was actually moving. I mean, he's talking about working bullshit job for bullshit pay. And I I, I actually, I I thought it was moving. I have to say. So, you know, I, I was, um, I don't think I would listen to it on my free time. I didn't feel it was extremely deep. Um, but I, you know, uh, no, maybe it's not I'm extremely just, deep. I, I, and the thing is, I, I do that kind of person is somebody I sympathize with quite a bit. So it's interesting that I'm just not responding well. And he's also it. very resourceful. You should you should applaud yeah. him. He's making videos. He's doing his own thing. He's yeah in the in the creator I applaud space. Him, sure, I hope he has a lot of success. Um, it's not, I don't have to love the yeah, music. Maybe we can get him. Look, I mean, we couldn't book him on this podcast. So if that's not a marker of success, I don't know what is. Yeah, we can't get him. Sure. Maybe yeah. if you're listening to this, Anthony Oliver Anthony Oliver Anthony Anthony Oliver. What? Oh my God, Oliver Anthony Oliver. If Oliver you're listening, Anthony. please. Uh, consider coming on okay all right so um before we move on to um the next topic what what do we have to tell the folks any announcements uh nothing i mean you could still uh, buy tickets for my debate i think there's still um, yeah they should some tickets left it's september 14th 13th 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 you better show up <laughs> i might not show up i mm-hmm. might show up on the wrong day oh my god um then i'll have to but- do it it's uh it's it's in it's in los angeles at the mm-hmm. ace theater at the ace theater and there's going to be all these uh other uh incredible like speakers i'm very uh honored to be there and surprised that i'm there honestly uh but it's going to be good there's grimes is my partner which is going to be uh what if she's such a good partner a that you throw me over for her what if you, you decided think to replace that would be... me with Grimes? I could handle that. I could handle that. If you could question. handle it, then honestly, then I, I'm going to definitely go for it because okay. it would be the best case scenario for me. I, I think um, so. And maybe me it, too. Maybe everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I think everybody wins if there's a new mm-hmm. podcast with me and uh, Grimes. Oh, you mean a second one? I think you should just get rid of me and replace me with okay. Grimes. And it would be a special place. Or I could with, do like a with swap Grimes. with Grimes and I could just, it'd be like, and then I could be like Elon Musk's baby mama. And I just have a, to- a total switcheroo with Grimes. She could be your podcast partner uh-huh. and I could just be Grimes. And take care of her kids, which is what she doesn't need to. You, you want to do? I mean, whatever. But, I'm sure yeah, they, I, could, I'm sure yeah. they have a nanny, but yeah. Okay. Uh, but it, it, it She's my partner. Um, I am pro the sex revolution. Yeah. The question is, was the sexual revolution a failure? Is that the, is that the resolution? Has it failed? Has Has it failed? failed? And you're going to say that it has, it has not. Not failed. I'm saying that it has not failed. And uh, for the, for the side that is for the affirmative saying that it has failed, Louise Perry, um, author of The Case Against the Sex sex Revolution. Um, A great book. Uh, She's really interesting. I was on her podcast. 
Uh, we're big fans of her on this podcast. And um, Anna, I don't know how to pronounce her Anna last name, but from Red from Scare. From Red Scare. Yeah. Yeah. The one of the Red Scare women. Is gonna be on, so. Yeah. And I believe Tim Dillon is uh, opening, is the comic. Right. Opening the, yeah. uh, and that's going to be <laughs> exciting. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Big night. Well, I'll be there in the audience and uh, cheering, cheering me on. I'm I hope. A, I'm um, a, or your, or your or, opposition, or depending. Louise. I don't know. Uh, okay. Well, we'll see. Try yeah. and make up your mind before no, you I'm, go there. Uh, before, yeah. I thought yeah. you were going to be a plan for me. I thought that's what we were. I thought we decided that that's how you we were going to play. All right. It, we'll but. see. We'll see. Um, okay. okay. So folks get your tickets to that. Um, we'll post to a link to that. Just go, or go to the free press, the fp.com free press, and you can buy your tickets there. Okay. Oh, and I, whatever. I have an announcement. You know what? Forget it. That's fine. <laughs> uh yeah you know whatever so uh september 30th in denver we are having uh we're having a comedy uh show and and party after the uh women's retreat so you can go to the unspeakeasy.com and find out how to buy your ticket to the co-ed party and comedy event co-ed yeah co-ed so yeah so we're having the women's retreat during the day and then in the evening same venue People can come, male, female, or otherwise, and buy tickets. To Are you going to do like singles mixers? No, but you know, Louise Perry has been doing that, um, like a mixer for kind of conservative leaning trad people. Really? Uh, they, yeah, in in London, I believe. Huh. Mm-hmm. Is it working? I don't know. I think they did it one time. Uh, okay. She was I don't talking think about should, it. I don't think you should be with people for political reasons. I think that. I don't think it's political, but I think people have a hard time uh, finding finding um, somebody. Especially who hate m- them men for their are politics. always complaining about this on the dating apps. The women are always like, "Swipe left if you are, you know, to the right of Noam Chomsky." So I honestly don't even think. I think that if a woman is saying that on a dating app, just ignore her. Like she's she's just saying that it's just a signal. It doesn't really mean anything. Yeah, you know what I mean. It doesn't. It. it, it I know. If she likes you enough, she won't care. Okay. I yeah, mean, traditionally, she's not going to go like, on out with you one time. I mean, uh, if uh, so, sometimes they, uh, somebody was just telling me recently that uh, a girl like asked for his political affiliation before they even went out. Like they had a date to go out and she was like, are you conservative? And he said, yes. And she canceled the date. Really? Yes. That's, I find that surprising. I mean, I, I was never like that. Well, I think you I, wouldn't be. I, but I was, but I was a big, like, I was a very, like, you know, um, in college, like around that time when I was like actively dating, I think that was the most lefty liberal I ever was. And I wasn't, I wouldn't have said no to a guy for being conservative. Yeah. But I mean, I, and I actually didn't. I dated conservative guys and it yeah. wasn't a thing. It didn't. Yeah. You know, well, you're- I had a crush on one of my professors who was, it turned out, he never said anything on purpose. <laughs> I've never talked about it. He was like a Republican operative. Like, Did you ask st- him out? St- As no, we discussed I, last I, time, I, you should ask out your professor if he's not asking you out. I didn't, I would, I was so nervous in his presence. I could never go to like, uh, even when I needed to go to office hours, it just didn't go. Um, but the great thing about having a crush on your professor is that you end up getting great grades. Totally. I got such good grades. Is this statistics? In classes. Is this your statistics class that you love? It is a class. Or your poll. Sorry, your poll. Your, it, your it's, polling yeah, class. It, yes. Incredibly boring. Incredibly boring classes he it, it, he put out there. And I took them and I got A's. So yeah. there you go. 
Okay. Um, okay. All right. All right. So, so um, we're going to talk about hate crimes. Uh, there was a, a terrible incident last week um, in Lake Arrowhead, California. There was a woman, a, a storekeeper. Her name was Laura Ann Carlton. She went by Lori. Uh, she had a pride flag in front of her store, and she was known for having this flag up. And I guess there had been a little controversy around it. And so in the past, every time somebody had taken it down, she would like put up a bigger flag. And, um, some guy, uh, came along and there was some kind of confrontation, uh, and he shot her. Uh, and this was reported, um, immediately as, as a hate crime. This woman was 66 years old. Uh, they, they did not release the name of the, the assailant, uh, immediately. And, um, I, I have to say my, I'm not proud of this, but my initial instinct was that it was not a hate crime, mm. uh, that this was going to be one of these things like the Pulse nightclub shooting. And, and we know this for sure that it is or. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll get to this in a minute. So, so just uh, my initial thing was like, I don't believe this late Lake Arrowhead is pretty. I mean, I don't know. It's, I don't, I, I just don't, I don't believe that this kind of thing would, would happen. Like it just doesn't sound right. It sounds off. Um, I mean, it's a rural area. Yeah. It's people, you know, have cabins up there and vacation homes. Um, but it's still like adjacent to Los Angeles. It, it, it just sounded off to me. Um, but eventually it came out that this guy who killed her, he's not a white guy. He's a, a Japanese American. His name is David J. Ikaguchi. He's, uh, mm. I'm sorry, sorry, excuse me, that's not right. Travis Ikaguchi, his father is named David J. He's a 27 year old guy. Obviously, a lot of mental health problems. He had stuff all over his uh, social media accounts, ranging from burning pride flags, homophobic comments to, you know, do not trust the cops. Um, just very paranoid kinds of things. His father actually, um, was a, a former state trooper in, in Florida, Wh whatever. So it sounds like, yes, this was motivated by a reaction that he was having to her flag. Um, mm. but I mean, I'm curious, like, do you find yourself immediately, uh, distrusting the, the narrative when you hear stories like this? Every time. I mean, but it's not so much distrusting. It's so much as it is. I think it's better just to wait. You know, mm -hmm. on the, and I and when I haven't personally waited and just allowed my emotions to become a part of whether that be to resist it and to say it can't be because of the such and such reasons when I have, uh, you know, fallen into that uh, desire to have my biases um, be, uh, you know, somehow at the end. Correct. Um, I, I find that I end up, you know, making a fool of myself with, you know, egg on my face. So I, I, I think the best thing to do anytime something like this happens is just to give it a month, two months mm -hmm. more, you know, a lot of times we don't know what actually happened for a very, very, very long time. And there's always this instantaneous reaction. Sometimes it's right. Sometimes it's not right. And yeah. we don't know which is which, you know, we don't know in the moment how correct the information that we're getting is. We don't know if there are some some factors that we just don't understand, you know, uh, that are happening in the background. So many, I mean, how many cases are we going to have to hear 
of, oh, it turns out that this was a hate crime or this crazy thing happened and it turns out that it was nothing like that. Or, you know, some facts of the case came out later that ended up dispelling the original narrative or just undermining it a little bit. You know, we just shouldn't be using these sort of extreme events in order to, you know, uh, to, to, to pad our you know political like this is the this is the reason why we feel the way we feel and this is why we are true victims and why the other people are really really evil or bigoted or hateful um especially in the case of mental illness you know it's just it's such a that's when it gets to be such a tricky thing because it's so easy for you know a mentally ill person that was even like they could be an lgbt ally one day and in a month they'll spiral yeah. and become something else and i've known people who've had psychotic breaks who were like were atheists you know like very ex- like explicit atheists and then they would have a break breakdown and then they're you know uh deep deep fundamentally religious um and saying all kinds of strange things and, uh, you know, ma- talking about magic and talk- all these mm-hmm. things. I mean, it, it, it was you saw somebody become somebody else. Um, and how, how do we know what's going on here? And I don't know, I know. why um, there's I mean, I do know why I, I do know why everyone feels the need to just be like, this is this is a part of a rising you know, tide of this one thing i mean what is the need like what would you say is the need is it because people can't handle randomness people can't handle randomness people can't handle uh the numbers of it the numbers of what's actually going on in terms of hate crimes we are a very very large country very very large country and hate crimes are tiny they're just they're they're that you're not I mean, you you might at at worst just experience some like you know bad behavior, but something like a murder, like this is you're you're much more likely to be killed in a million other ways, mm-hmm. you know, and for a million other reasons than somebody hates you for some characteristic that you have, uh, and it just feels like it's we don't have a a a media complex that is willing to be the mature adult people in the room and put it into the that context. I remember when. You know, Islamic terror was happening all the time. Then, then they would be, oh, oh, wait a minute. You know, it it never happens. I mean, look at how many one billion, two billions, five billion Muslims in the world, and and all of them are peaceful except for this one guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at at that point, they, they would just they would go out of their way to put it into a context, which was I I was for this context. Um, and I think that that was important because my activism had never had much to do with extremism. It had to do with, you know, the, the kind of day to day problems of that, that I saw within the religion, um, and tensions that I thought that it would create amongst, you know, citizens and, in you know, the Western world. Um, and it, it, it's interesting that nobody cares to, wait anymore and to even to say you know let's let's wait well because they wouldn't sell any they wouldn't get any clicks i mean these news organizations have a mandate now to to hang up these frames just Mm -hmm. instantly yeah there's another story that i'm totally fascinated by 
uh, in New York. This happened, I think it was back in July earlier this summer. This is the case of O'Shea Sibley, who um, was a guy, this happened in Brooklyn, um, a young black uh, gay uh, dancer. I think he's a professional dancer. He was with his friends. It was at night in a Brooklyn gas station. Um, I think someplace like you know, kind of, kind of deep in Brooklyn, not quite East New York, but certainly not, not, not Park Slope. Um, and so I think he'd been out with his, with his friends for the day and they were, um, getting gas at this gas station. And, you know, they were like in a good mood. They were dancing around in the parking lot and, and voguing in particular, which I guess is like, you know, strutting around like, like a model. They were not yeah. in drag, but they were, doing these kinds of moves and this particular, this particular style of movement and dance. Um, and, uh, these guys came out of the gas station. Um, and they were, most of them were pretty young. I'm not sure the age range. And, uh, apparently said, um, stop doing that. We are Muslim. You are offending our religion. Um, mm. don't, don't dance around like that. And we should say these guys, they had like no shirt. They were sort of in their underwear or their bathing suits and they were shirtless and they were strutting around in a pretty, um, obs- obstreperous way. Okay. As, as often happens in New York City. Uh, and there was some kind of back and forth and yelling back and forth. And, um, at one point there was an altercation and O'Shea Sibley gets stabbed by one of the men and with the knife who had a pocket knife and bleeds out and dies. Okay. So immediately this is reported as anti LGBT hate crime. Oh my gosh, this happened in Brooklyn. Um, and apparently like, uh, one of O'Shea Sibley's neighbors in his apartment building had said something to him like, don't, don't strut around some, an older gay guy had said something like, Hey, you know, maybe take, take it down a notch when you, when you're, when you're out, don't strut around. Uh, just for whatever reason. And so like that kind of detail was in the mix. And then it suddenly becomes like, why are LGBT people having to censor themselves or, or, you know, they can't be themselves out on the street. And this is the framing. If you look at the video, it appears that, um, O'Shea Sibley actually lunged at this person. Um, and then it goes out of the video. Now, what we later learn is that the, per- the person who killed him is 17 years old, is not a Muslim. In fact, um, is a Russian immigrant, um, is a Christian, whatever that means. Um, my guess is that some of the other people who were yelling were maybe Muslim. I don't know. They own the gas oh, station. Oh, so it was, possibly. it was that it was, it was, a, yeah. Re- reported to be, a, reported to be Muslims done by somebody. So yes. Was it was afterwards. reported that the person who killed him was Muslim because at one point, one of the guys in this mix had yelled, we're Muslim and this offends us. Okay. So, but the kid, but the kid who killed him turns out not to be Muslim. So that's been, um, that has been, uh, corrected. A- anyway, the whole story has been presented as it's terrible. Here's more hate against LGBT people. Now, that is technically true. Um, but the fact is that I think we're going to get a very different story when this goes to trial. 
And I will be very curious to see if the media bothers to cover it at, at all. They've already backed way off of it. I noticed that, I mean, there was a big story in the New York Times right after it happened. And that and, in itself is so telling. When mm-hmm. suddenly the, the, it, it drops, you know, cold, this, this, this hot story. Before the Muslim wh- thing was announced, it was a big deal. As soon as the Muslim thing came up, it went away. Yeah. Yeah. And now they're too worried about it. They're too worried that yeah. it might be not a very simplistic story. And. I'm not going to talk about it. I mean, I just, it's, I think the correct stance when we hear things like this is just to not have an opinion, not to say the distrust or mistrust or whatever, like not to, not to hold even a negative opinion, but just not to hold one at all um, until we know a lot more, maybe even up until the point that there's a trial, because that's been, we've, we've seen that happen too, where there's the, there's a specific narrative and then it, it isn't until you know the trial they go to trial that it turns out there were so many other mitigating factors um that paint a more complicated picture that cannot be well utilized and nobody's paying attention at that point all they're going to hear is the outcome but of the trial and then they're attention. not going to like you know like what it. i mean i mean this is the this is the job of the news media this right here to be the people who are reporting 2 years later and saying hey guys it's really important that you all follow up on this and update your, you know, uh, like whatever your, your mental models to better reflect reality. But it is so clear that the news media is not interested in doing that, you know? And I, and when I say this, I don't mean mainstream, like liberal outlets only. I think this is just a news media problem. Um, and it's a big part of why I'm on the anti news campaign and have been for a long time. I mean, I mean, because it's, it's just, you're not being, if you construct your worldview, paying attention to these stories, you're going to have a worldview that is necessarily distorted. You know, you can expect the one thing that you can count on is that it won't look like reality. The difference between, you know, not watching the news and watching the news is maybe a a a, a less filled in worldview versus a filled in worldview. But it's actually not our world. It's not it's not, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's some fantasy reality that doesn't even reflect what we're doing. I think it can it, 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 that can be more dangerous because you think you know what's going on. You think you understand, you know, it, it, these broad cultural movements uh you 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 think you know and so you think that you're comfortable in in your sense of self your 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 knowledge uh and you move forward accordingly and that's dangerous you know it's better to it's better to think look i don't know about these things (laughs) i don't know i'm going to consult a book five years down the road that's going to compile the rise of hate crimes or whatever, and it's going to go into things in more detail, and it's going to look at these cases specifically. Yeah, but most people and, aren't going to do that. I mean, so the, I, I think either do that or do nothing. Yeah, well, you know what I mean. It's not. It shouldn't be do that versus watch the news because you're just going to be misled watching the news. So yeah, don't, don't do that. I mean, do you know that the Matthew Shepard story is so much more complicated than most people believe? I mean, what do you know about the Matthew Shepard case, the the Laramie project and all of that? I mean, at this point, what's real? I don't know what I know about it. You know, I I know the the myth. Right. So like the hagiography kind of of uh, Matthew Shepard was that he was a young gay man in Laramie, Wyoming, who was... Um, murdered for being gay, he was beat up, and he was tied to a fence post um, out in the middle of nowhere. And in some reports, he was like had his arms out, like as if as if you know Christ on the crucifix. Um, in, in other reports, uh, that it was 
conjecture that they had done this like as as if you would you know farmers would like put a coyote up on a fence post to somehow like scare away the other coyote. I, I I don't I don't know like there was a whole bunch of symbolism attached to the way that he was killed which was incredibly brutal I mean he was beat up and 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 put on a fence post is awful 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 and out of this sprung like you know decades and decades of um of of mythology and legend around this the the Laramie project which is this like you know play that is performed in schools everywhere that just has to do with you know homophobia and and gay culture and tolerance it's kind of like it's 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 its own pedagogy in a way it's kind of like you know a little 1619 project um the Matthew Shepard murder happened in 1998 um and what we have since learned over the years is that he was actually um, involved in the methamphetamine trade. The the two guys that killed him were involved in a in a drug deal with him. The one of the guys um, had had sex with Matthew Shepard. Um, there was like a million things going on, mm. um, and that's not to say that what happened to him was not horrific. But it's it's so much more than any of that. And, um, you know, there was a book that came out in 2013 called uh, The Book of Matt by this guy, Stephen Jimenez, who himself is a is a gay guy. Um, and he really went back and spent, you know, years interviewing all kinds of people, law enforcement, people in the community and, and others about the real situation. And it was it was incredibly complicated like Matthew Shepard was into a lot of really dangerous stuff um and I have to say as as frustrating as it is that this has been memory hold I I have to I I was going back and, and reading about this uh last night and you know back in 2013 2014 the news outlets that were actually covering the story of Stephen Jimenez's book and, and, you know, at least nodding in the direction of wanting to get to the truth, it will, it would blow your mind. I mean, The Guardian, The Nation, um, mm. there's an excellent piece in The Guardian from, um, 2014. Oh my gosh. And I'm seeing that it is by Julie Bindle. What oh, wow. do you know? Okay. <laughs> the truth behind America's most famous gay hate murder. Um, it's a really long, comprehensive piece, um, about, about the details of this. And, um, there's, you know, there was a, a, a writer from the nation who was also speaking up, um, about how the, how the media had misframed everything. Like as recently as 2014, there was a genuine desire in the media to get to the truth of things. Um, and I have to say, I was, I was, I was shocked because I, I, as I've said here before, like I often kind of find myself wondering like, oh my gosh, what was I thinking? Like being so excited to be in the media for all those years. Like, why did I get into this? Why did I think that all the smartest, most interesting people were in the media? Well, because actually they were up until very recently. Um, and so I don't know. It's, it's just, it's just pretty remarkable. And you, you see this um, with the the Pulse nightclub shooting was another uh, case where that was in Orlando where somebody came in and shot up this gay club and it was immediately framed as a hate crime. And it turned out, it's, I think that was an Islamic terrorist, was it not? And um, yeah. and it was like the third place he'd try. He'd, he had tried to go to two other nightclubs, but like couldn't get in. 
mm-hmm. to yeah, shoot was, them up. Uh, and then went to Pulse, having no idea that it was a gay club. So, and Vox, actually, of all places, uh, reported that story out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it's not sufficient. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if you, if you, uh, break the news, it spreads like wildfire. Um, and then you break the news again, maybe, maybe with less enthusiasm. You, you have to drum up at least 10 times as much enthusiasm for the correction, um, as you do for the original, because it, the the correction doesn't inspire the kind of you know uh, emotional response in people and so they won't share it on their own it won't go viral in the same way i think there's something about you know media responsibility that we have to we have to have a real conversation about what is the responsible way to report on things like this um and is you know our 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 uh, you know, modern, maybe not, maybe not the people that were around 20 years ago, but are the modern media media professionals um, it, it, being responsible with what they're reporting and why they're reporting it. And it, either it is the case that you just, um, you know, report the story and you don't drum it up too much. You're like, this has happened. This is what we heard. Um, or you uh go out of your way when a correction comes, you know, but what frustrates me is that something like this will happen, a, a, you know, a crime uh, will occur and they'll give you some facts and then they'll give you a bunch of opinion, you know, they'll yeah. give you all well, this stuff yeah. about, you know, there's some op-ed with Michelle Goldberg about right. how da 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 We da, are living and in then the age of... Just, this is the age of, you know, and this is what, you know, this LGBTQ politician or, you know, POC politician or woman, but whatever. This is what they, professional woman, professional, you know, brown person had to say about it. And this is what the community leaders had. And here's five op-eds. And those people are saying it because it's an opportunity for them to get platformed. Who knows if they even believe it? Who knows how much they've even thought about it? That's their moment. It is so irresponsible to allow that again and again and again. And And it, uh, you know, it tarnishes the reporting itself because the reporting is sometimes, you know, it, oftentimes, actually, I'll go back to it and it's pretty clean. You know, they're very much like they're just reporting the literal facts and they're letting it go after that. But then, you know, you invite the community leader for a comment and you have uh, this op-ed, this op-ed, this op-ed, this op-ed, uh, some analysis later on about how hate crimes against whatever group have increased and all of it pushes the same you know it's it's backing the same uh interpretation of the events whether yeah. or not the news me- or media like it, it, whether or not they're intentionally doing that is is in fact what is happening and people are getting the message oh something messed up happened and i know because i read this op-ed uh you know from so they're Roxanne gonna say whoever <laughs> so they're gonna say uh what does it matter what the facts are because this is an important message to put out there. I mean, people are going to say, okay, well, correct the story if you want, but the fact is the the Laramie Project is an incredibly important cultural artifact and has, um, you know, enlightened countless students throughout the decades. And what's wrong with that? Why are you being such a stick in the mud? Yeah, I don't, I don't know if it. I, I we have only so much time and energy uh, to put into things. I don't think that given the state of the, you know, the culture war and the way that we color, cover culture, I don't think for a second that we are involved in talking about the most important issues facing, you know, Americans and, and not even the 
you know, the most important 10, you know, the top yes, 10 issues. All of Anthony issues. is like, talking about we're those not, things. Yes. Right, right. Well, I mean, we're not, ta- we're not touching on, you know, I, I, until he gets to the, 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 the pedo island. But um, <laughs> it, 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 it's true that we have a very distorted view of the harms that face us, you know, and fa- and, and who margin, who is marginalized in American society, who's suffering and why we have a very distorted view of this. And in fact, it's like it, there's something about the lag of, of, of when, of when we become aware of a problem. It's like a 20 year lag of here's a terrible situation and circumstance. Uh, people start talking about it. People start raising awareness and minds and po- politics start changing and then 20 years later now we're fully confronting it but by that time it's actually not a problem anymore you mm-hmm. know what i mean in the same degree <laughs> right but I, I think right. that i think that very that's very that's that's the case when it comes <laughs> like to Co- women's coney issues. 2012 <laughs> remember that <Right. laughs> remember the joseph coney viral uh video and about i didn't uh, understand well it was over like the crisis yeah. was over uh yeah yeah then. yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're just, there's just a, there's just a lag. And by the time that the issue becomes on the forefront of the minds of the average American and they're sympathetic to it, right? The average sympathetic enough that it will sell newspapers. You know, by that point, it's not actually the, the anywhere near, you know, the, the, the gravest yeah. problem facing us or even facing that group. It could be something different. Right. Um, I mean, when it comes to women's rights issues, you know, you have like popular feminists. They're still still going on about, you know, the, the kinds of things that really aren't uh, discrimination at the office, pay wage gap, all these things that, well, uh, is it real? To what extent is it real? It maybe was real, but it, there's wow. been a lag. It's multifactorial. And now we've things, yeah. Things have changed. And that's not what that's not the, the worst thing that's facing women today. It's. It's not anywhere near the uh, the area that we need to be focused on. What do you think is the worst thing facing women today? When it comes to actual women's rights, if I was a feminist, I would say that it's it's the gender issues. Absolutely. Like that's that's the issue in which I think women need like women as a class, you know, women as a as a reproductive sex, not women as people, because, of course, that's a whole different uh, conversation. But if you are a true feminist, I think you should from that in that regard, I respect radical feminists. Um, You know, I think that it, they are focused on the thing that it makes sense to focus on. Uh, if you are a, a women's rights campaigner, but it's very telling that the majority of vast, vast majority of feminists in the United States aren't doing anything like that. You think that that's a bigger threat than reproductive rights? Yes, because I think that there's, um, because of how, I mean, there's multi, multi, many things going into it. One, people aren't having sex anymore as much. Two, um, <laughs> okay, I mean, so no one's having, no one is having sex. I, that's no, but, but, but the, but the second thing is that we, contraceptives are more, uh, they, 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 we we have greater access to them and we have many like many different options when it comes to contraceptives um that it's a real like it's not to say that reproductive rights are not an issue it's just that the amount of people that they're affecting is much smaller than it used to be when there was a kind of a different environment okay, i don't know about that um, i mean i but it's pe- people are going to say the amount of people being affected by trans women in locker rooms is also small i mean i don't i think so you would say you would say that 
um, reproductive rights are like, I mean, and, and when we're talking yeah, reproductive rights, we're just so. talking about abortion. We're not talking about contraceptives because very few people say even even when it comes to and it bothers me when I'm when I hear this, when it's like reproductive rights. And that sounds like a big that's like a big umbrella. Mm-hmm. But really, the only thing in question there is abortion and really out of abortion. It's really this like specific kind of abortion that's very very contentious um well, that's something I mean, that i mean if if well the problem is is that the the access is so limited so even in states where it's you know you have 12 weeks or something it's it's nearly impossible to find a clinic i mean what what i what the scariest part of of the abortion thing is that women who have pregnancies that are going to kill them potentially in the third trimester have absolutely nowhere to go and mm-hmm. or even in the second and and doctors mm-hmm. are terrified of their hospital's legal systems and are are and doctors aren't actually not as savvy about this as they should be and so they're taking the safe route and there's like r- lots of really terrible cases i i don't know i i find it hard i i, I would have a hard time saying that gender is a bigger threat here, here's what abortion. i'll say here, here. I will I will definitely say that. And here's here's another reason why I'll say that, because I'm fairly convinced that um, the Dobbs decision will end up being good for abortion. Rights. I agree. Yeah. Um, and so this is why I don't think it's under threat, because I think that what's about to happen is we're going to get inundated with cases of like a 12 year old who was raped. And now she yeah, can't are, get, you know, and she can't whatever. I mean, that right. But yeah. Or a time. But, but, didn't that didn't that magazine. turn out to be? Yeah, there were some hopes there we'll too. But talk about that another time because again, that's right. another one that I have a lot of questions about. That was not real. Yeah, yeah, but 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 there's going to be so many because because in reality, it's it's an unfair law, and I think that Americans are not there anymore, um, and we're going to start normalizing a little bit and getting close. We're going to get close to uh, where Europeans are, which is which was not as you know, it was not as lax as uh, Roe was um, in terms of like. Uh, I think Europeans, um, depends on the country, obviously, but the average amount, the average is kind of like 14 weeks or 15 yeah. weeks, no, something have, like that. They have restrictions. I mean, people yeah, they're, they're, those are their restrictions. Yeah. Ours were, ours was, uh, a, a more lax restriction than that. Yeah. Um, I think we're going to normalize though. I think we're going to get close to where they are and that's where we're going to stop. And that's probably where we should be. Not every single state, but I think many states. And then even when you have states like that, like, I mean, I lived in Texas. I, uh, you know, went to the Planned Parenthood in Texas. I found access to a bunch of reproductive, like nonprofit kind of groups um, that were fairly accessible, actually. Um, and they made an effort. Of course, they made an effort. That's not it, it wasn't happening. All, like, well, they well they, they were raising money and they were targeting these states where women needed help and they were making change there and they were getting the help to women um, that, you know, the, the, the women needed. So I, I am cautiously optimistic about uh, the Dobbs decision, about what will in in twenty years from now be the effect of it, you know, the ultimate effect of it. I think it will be more. Um, it will it will end up strengthening abortion rights. Um, yeah, in, in my view, it's going to be a painful road, though. There's but that's not some, what's happening with gender collateral damage. The gender conversation is weakening a lot of important. Uh, distinctions that we have in the law um, that will, I, I think that if this becomes the, the gender thing becomes something that is far more wild, widely adopted, it will threaten many more groups than women's rights. Because what we are doing fundamentally is saying that there is a social construct uh, that is deeply felt. And if it is deeply felt enough, that it can override what we know to be a material reality. That broad principle is 
incredibly important to uh, you know, in, in every level, in, you know, and at, at every segment of um, uh, legal protections and civil liberties that we have in in this country, and for that foundation to be weakened, um, I think that there, there's going to be consequences that are huge, um, and I'm I'm afraid of them. Okay. Well, we're going to talk more about this in the bonus. Gonna okay. Have, yeah. We're going to have a gender right. gender bonus. More gender shocker. bonus. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, okay. Is there anything else you wanted to touch on? You going to no, go to an Oliver no, think, Anthony uh, concert over the weekend? You know, what if he came uh, to your town? Then what if he did? What if he came to? You never go. What anywhere. am I supposed to do? What, what I never if, go anywhere. Take, I don't like live you music. Go, go out to this to the state fair and hear some. Live music is live. I, do, I don't like it. I don't. Oh I don't like. God, I don't. Sarah, oh my god! Please. I I want to. You are so. Uh, you like live music? You want to stand there? No, I'm not. Live music doesn't mean standing necessarily. It means you can, no. I, mean, I don't like that. Not, I don't go to big big shows. I don't. I would not go to. A it means being concert. disappointed half the time because they're not as good. <laughs> well, they, there's great artists that you know do small small concerts and small small event. There's nothing better than there's nothing better than going to like a small venue. You you sit down. You, you the tables. You have a drink. You know. You wait your, for your fam, favorite artist to come up on stage, and they're close by. It's wonderful. I don't enjoy music, live live music at all. I just can't do it. I don't understand it. I don't understand why people go to it. N- nothing about the, I mean, I love music, but I, I want to experience it by myself in a room alone without anybody else. You know, like I don't, why is everybody else a part of this? Yeah. That's how I feel about drinking. Okay. <laughs> okay. I hear you. We have some okay. common ground. Okay. Now. Okay. Cool. All right. All right. See you soon. Bye. 